So we're now ready to begin our Mass. Our celebrant this morning is Father Aidan McMahon, and our preacher is Father Jerry Maloney, and our entrance hymn is on page 52, Christ Be Beside Me, page 52. Christ be beside me, Christ be before me, Christ be behind me, King of my heart. Christ be within me, Christ be below me, Christ be above me, never to part. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Welcome to all joining us on the web this morning. As you know, this year again, our novena is online. Welcome especially to the people listening on West Limerick Community Radio this morning. My mother was from that part of the country. May Hayes from Kerry, so greetings to all in that area. The readings today tell us we have nothing to fear, no matter what storms threaten to overwhelm us. God is with us. We need to trust in Christ's calming presence in these times of pandemic. Of course, today we also celebrate Father's Day. We honour the presence and memory of our fathers and those who played a father's role, praying for those who have gone before us, that they may pray for us as well. As gathered as God's family this morning, we prepare ourselves to listen to God's word and to share the bread of life by calling to mind our failures. 
Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on each one of us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray, gathering up the petitions in our hearts, those sent in to the shrine, and the ones in our book of intentions. In the beginning, O God, your word subdued the chaos. In the fullness of time, you sent your Son, Jesus, to rebuke the forces of evil and to bring forth a new creation. By that same power, transform our fears into faith and awe in your saving presence. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, now I have some other things to tell you. We taught you how to live in a way that will please God. And you are living that way. Now we ask and encourage you in the Lord Jesus to live that way more and more. You know all that we told you to do by the authority of the Lord Jesus. We don't need to write to you about having love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. God has already taught you to love each other. In fact, you love all the believers in Macedonia. We encourage you now, brothers and sisters, to show your love more and more. Do all you can to live a peaceful life. Mind your own business and earn your own living, as we told you before. If you do these things, then those who are not believers will respect the way you live, and you will not have to depend on others for what you need. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My soul glorifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. He looks on his servant in her lowliness, henceforth all ages will call me blessed. The Almighty works marvels for me, holy is his name, his mercy is from age to age. On those who fear him, he puts forth his arm in strength and scatters the proud hearted. He casts the mighty from their thrones and raises the lowly. He fills the starving with good things, sends the rich away empty. He protects his royal, his servant, remembering his mercy, the mercy promised to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. 
gospel acclamation. It's easy to remember today's gospel because it's just one verse of uh, St. John's gospel at 10.10, the 10th verse of the 10th chapter. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, The thief that comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy but I came that they may have life and enjoy life to the full. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So good morning to you all again. Um, it's great that you've been able to join us on day three of our novena. As you know, this year, we're reflecting on the year of St. Joseph and what St. Joseph might have to teach us today. Just a few little announcements. Um, we've two more sessions of the Novena today after this one, and they're this evening at 7.15 and at 9 p.m. So there's no 12 noon session today. So the regular Sunday 12 o'clock Mass will not be celebrated. The, the, the final two sessions of this evening at 7.15 and 9 p.m. And the 9 p.m. session will be broadcast on Shalom TV, which is an internet TV station that, that broadcasts worldwide, Shalom TV. The church is open every day from 11 until 6, and as you might be able to see, the icon of our Mother Perpetual Help has been placed here on the sanctuary in front of the altar so that people will be able to venerate it up close. And the shop is open every day from 9 until 6 in the evening. And the staff are taking phone and email orders as well between 9 and 3. I might draw your attention just to one of the books that's on sale in the shop. It's uh, Father George Wadding, our redemptionist colleague's book, called Mother of Perpetual Help, Reflections on an Icon. And it's a lovely little uh, guide through um, the story of the icon and what it means that's on sale in the shop. 130 years ago, Pope Leo XIII did something no Pope ever did before. He wrote an encyclical about the plight of workers called Rerum Novarum, on the condition of workers. Before 1891, encyclicals dealt mainly with churchy affairs. This was the first to address people suffering in their daily lives and the causes 
of that suffering. It didn't go down well with those at the top. Leading industrialists attacked Leo. Many bishops did too. In 1891, the Industrial Revolution was well established. Factories had sprung up in towns and cities, and many people had moved to them in order to find work. Leo wanted to highlight the appalling conditions of many workers. He said, Some remedy must be found for the misery and wretchedness pressing so unjustly on the majority of the working class. Workers have been surrendered, isolated and helpless to the hard-heartedness of employers and the greed of unchecked competition. To this must be added that the hiring of labour and the conduct of trade are concentrated in the hands of comparatively few, so that a small number of very rich people have been able to lay upon the teeming masses of the labouring poor a yoke little better than slavery itself. Fiery words from an elderly Pope. People must not be treated, Leo said, merely as instruments for the economic benefit of others. Workers, he said, have the right to an adequate wage and to form trade unions to protect themselves against exploitation. In the decades after 1891, Pope Leo's successors continued to write about social issues, building up a large body of teaching. Pope Francis's encyclical on climate change and the environment is in that tradition. Sadly, though, many people know more about church teaching on sex than its teaching on social justice. Very much the church's fault in a, a lot of cases. Why do popes talk about social issues? Because the Bible says they must. The Old Testament describes how God heard the cry of his enslaved people in Egypt and led them to freedom. The Old Testament prophets insisted that God was on the side of the oppressed. The New Testament describes how God's son was born to migrant parents who might find themselves, if they came to Ireland today, in direct provision. And this day is International Refugee Day. There are over 80 million refugees in the world today. God's son was born in an outhouse, a birth announced first to shepherds and goat herds. And Jesus was born at the bottom of the socio-economic ladder in order to experience life from the very bottom. It was an option for the poor. In her Magnificat, which we just sang, Mary declares that 
God raised, de declares that God wishes to raise up the lowly. And in the gospel I read, Jesus tells us that he has come so that we may enjoy the fullness of life, life in all its abundance. Where does St. Joseph fit in? The church has always held that St. Joseph was a carpenter who worked to provide for his family. And from him, Jesus learned the value and the dignity of work, what it means to eat bread that's the fruit of one's own labor. That's why the feast of St. Joseph the Worker is on May the 1st, International Workers' Day. When I think about St. Joseph the Worker, three words strike me. The first word is dignity. Work gives dignity. Having work boosts our self-esteem. We know how being unemployed diminishes our self-respect. We feel ashamed. Pope Francis says, Work is fundamental to the dignity of the person. Work anoints with dignity, fills us with dignity, makes us similar to God who has worked and still works, who always acts. A family without work, Francis says, is particularly vulnerable to difficulties, tensions, estrangement, even breakup. We know that. It's hard to live with dignity if you're not able to have a decent living. Remember your first paycheck, if you got one. The pride you felt. That's the dignity of work. The second word is respect. Simply having a job, any job, is not enough. Conditions matter just as much. Pope Francis says that the dignity of work has been widely trampled upon throughout history. Think of African slaves dragged to the Americas, he says, and modern slaves working in dreadful conditions. Today there are many slaves, Francis says, men and women who are not free to work. They are forced to work for enough to live on, nothing more. They are slaves to forced labor and poorly paid. Think of the cheap labor that produces so many of our consumer goods, or workers in vast warehouses laboring under tight supervision for little more than the minimum wage. Work and workers deserve respect. The third word is solidarity, a word Pope John Paul loved. Solidarity means standing together, supporting one another, especially the weakest. Our standard of living has vastly improved since Leo XIII's time, especially in the West. But tremendous poverty and injustice still exist. Pope Francis highlights 
the danger of individualism, greed, unbridled capitalism. The worship of the ancient golden calf has returned in a new and ruthless guise in the idolatry of money, Francis writes in The Joy of the Gospel. Money must serve, not rule. The Pope, he says, is obliged in the name of Christ to remind everyone that the rich must help, respect, and promote the poor. Francis notes the ever-widening gap between the wealthy few at the top and the great majority of people. This imbalance is the result of ideologies which defend the absolute autonomy of the marketplace and of financial speculation, he says. Today, it's calculated that there are 2,755 billionaires in the world, 660 more than last year, despite COVID-19. Few pay much tax. The amount of hidden wealth in offshore accounts is estimated at around 7,500 billion euro. 7,500 billion. A fraction of this would provide everyone in the world with health care and food and education. It's a system that needs fixing. So, what to do? Four steps, I think. First, support a universal basic income so people aren't pawns in an uncaring economy but are protected from poverty even when they're unable to work. Promote debt forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive others, we pray in the Our Father. Wealthy nations can do just that by cancelling the debt of poorer countries to help them out of poverty. Treat each other with respect. Employers towards their workers, workers towards employers, by being upright, honest, just in dealing with each other. And fourth, to use our purchasing power to promote human rights, that we think before we spend, that we try to see where this product comes from and whether we are supporting the dignity of the worker uh, in buying it. Rerum Novarum is one of the great church documents. It declared that the church stands emphatically on the side of the weak, on the side of workers' rights. So also must we. Here is just a sample of the petitions that we have received over the last few days. 
Um, it's great that so many prayers of petition and of thanksgiving are coming in. Dear Mother Perpetual Help, I come to ask the help of your Divine Son. Please pray to him uh, for me. I am a widowed mother of two teenagers. I ask you to keep me in good health and give me guidance to raise them through these years and into their adulthood to the best of my ability. Keep them safe in our home and in their community. And thank you for my good job, our home, and for past favours. Dear Mother Perpetual Help, please pray for a neighbour and his family who lost his wife to suicide. Look after them during this awful time. Dear Mother Perpetual Help, please pray for my dear friend's daughter who is only 27 years old and is after being diagnosed with leukaemia. Take her and her family into your care and give them strength during this difficult time. Dear Mother Mary, please pray for our granddaughter who is unable to walk. Please help her to be able to walk. And dear Mother Mary, please watch over my sister my, my, and my brother after the death of our eldest brother back in March due to COVID-19. He passed away in hospital in New Jersey in America at the age of 58. May he rest in peace and watch over all of those affected by this virus. So if you have your Novena book, um, we will pray together on page 29, on page 30, our Novena prayer. Mother of Perpetual Help, with the gracious confidence we come before your holy picture to be inspired by the example of your life. We think of you at that moment when, full of faith and trust, you accepted God's call to be the mother of his son. Help us, your children, to accept with joy our own calling in life. When you learned that your cousin Elizabeth was in need, you immediately went to serve her and offer your help. Help us, like you, to be concerned for others. We think of your mother at the foot of the cross. Your heart must have bled to see your son in agony, but your joy was great when he rose from the dead, victorious over the powers of evil. Mother of sorrows, help us through the trials and disappointments of life. Help us not to lose heart. May we share with you and your son the joy of having courageously faced up to all the challenges of life. Amen. Our offertory hymn is on page 83, Ubi Caritas.
friends, that this our offering will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Accept, O Lord, the gifts we offer in this time of peril. May they become for us, by your power, a source of healing and peace, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. From sunrise to sunset, this day is holy, for Christ has risen upon us today and scattered the darkness of death with light and life that will not fade. This day, the risen Lord assembles us, unfolds for us your word, and breaks for us the bread of life. And though the night will bring this Sunday to a close, you call us to live in endless light, the never-ending day of the Lord. And so, with the choirs of angels and all the heavenly hosts, we proclaim your glory and join their unending chorus of praise. indeed holy, the fountain of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them, like the dewfall, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. The same way, when supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise, and giving the cup to his disciples, said, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you felt us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. 
Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope, Brendan our Bishop, and all who lead, teach, and serve your pilgrim people. Remember those who have recently died. Remember Cora Dillon, Brother Seamus Campion. Remember those whose anniversaries occur about this time. John Clancy, Kevin McDonough, Padraig O'Rourke, John and May Rodden, Brian Sheehan, Raoul Marietta, Mary O'Donnell, Timmy Kelly, Damien Campion, Michael Constantine, Lisa Carl McDonough, Dan Rooney, Joe Quinn, Kathleen Redden, and John P. Murphy. Remember also our fathers and father figures who have gone before us. Grant them to be united with your Son in a death like his, that they may also be one with him in the resurrection. We remember our other brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, with St. Alphonsus and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, that we may be worthy to be coerced to eternal life and praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. For through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, forever and ever. pray in the words Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil especially the evil of this pandemic. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins but on the faith of your Church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. May the peace of the Lord be with you always.
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Happy are we who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
I'd like to read for you now some of the thanksgivings that have been coming into Our Lady's Shrine, both in the church and online. Dear Mother of Perpetual Help, with a grateful heart, I join you in thanking God for the life of Brother Seamus Campion. May he rest in peace. Dearest Mother, thank you for all the graces and blessings we have received over the past year and for keeping us safe from the COVID virus. Please watch over us and keep us strong and healthy in the years ahead. Dear Mother, thank you for my three healthy children. I am so grateful to you for all you have done for us. Thank you, Mother, for helping me to recover so well from my knee surgery. Thank you for my friends and family. My husband and I are now getting on better, so thank you for that. And finally, dear Mother of Perpetual Help, Thank you for all the past favours I have received. So if you have our red booklet, our Thanksgiving prayer is on page 31. It should also be on your screen. So we join with these Thanksgivings as we pray. O Mother of Perpetual Help, with grateful hearts we join you in thanking God for all the wonderful things he has done for us, especially for giving us Jesus, your Son, as our Redeemer. O God, our Creator, we thank you for the gift of life and all the gifts of nature, our senses and faculties, our talents and abilities. We thank you for creating us in your image and likeness and for giving us this earth to use and develop, to respect and cherish. Despite our failures, you continue to show your love for us today by increasing the life of your spirit in us at the Eucharistic table. Finally, we thank you, loving Father, for giving us Mary, the mother of your son, to be our mother of perpetual help. We are grateful for all of the favours we have received through her intercession. We pray that those past favours may inspire us to greater confidence in your loving mercy and to seek the aid of our mother of perpetual help. Amen. Let us pray. O God, from whose hand we have received the medicine of eternal life, grant that through this sacrament we may glory in the fullness of heavenly healing through Christ our Lord. Amen. So we thank our liturgy team for the wonderful singing there from Anne, from the organ playing of Molly, thank you, our reader Dolores our sacristan, Kevin, the Eucharistic minister also. We thank as well Father Jerry for his challenging words to us today. Thanks to all who joined us online. Thanks to West Limerick Community Radio for broadcasting this Mass. And for those of you who joined us through that broadcast, remember you can still join us every day on the web at novena.ie if you don't have a phone or a tablet yourself maybe you can ask the grandchildren or your own children to join you for that mass the lord be with you and may almighty god bless you father son and holy spirit our eucharist is offered let us go in peace thanks be to god Thank you, Father Aidan. And our recessional hymn is a lovely Irish hymn on page 43, A Wirral Water.